0: Chapter Twenty Two of the Story of Ab. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Magdalena Cook. The Story of Ab by Stanley Waterloo. Chapter Twenty Two: The Honeymoon. The sun shone brilliantly. Birds were singing, and the balsam firs gave forth their morning incense as Ab and Lightfoot issued from their cave they had eaten heartily and came out buoyant and delighted with the world which was theirs the chattering of the waterfowl along the river reached their ears faintly the leaves were moved by a gentle breeze there was a hum of insects in the air and the very pulse of living could be felt ab carried his new weapon proudly hungering for the love and admiration of this girl of his and eager to show her its powers and to exhibit his own skill at his back hung his quiver of mammoth bone his bow, unstrung, was in his hand. In front of the cave was a bare area of many yards in extent. Then came a few scattering trees, and at a distance of perhaps two hundred yards the forest began. Across the open space of ground, with its great mass of branches crushed together not far from the cave's mouth, had fallen one of the gigantic conifers of the time, and was there gradually decaying, its huge limbs and bowl disintegrating and dry as punk affording close at hand a vast fuel supply, the exceptional value of which Ab had recognized when making his selection of a home. Near the edge of the little clearing made by nature, Ab seated himself upon a log, and drawing Lightfoot down to a seat beside him, began enthusiastically to make clear the marvels of the weapon he had devised, and which he and Old Mock had developed into something startling in its possibilities all details of the explanation made by the earnest young hunter it is probable lightfoot did not comprehend she looked proudly at him fingering the flint pointed arrows curiously yet yeah, seemed rather intent upon the man than the wooden stone but when he pointed at a great knot in a tree near them and bent his bow and sent an arrow fairly into the target and when even with her strength lightfoot could not pull the arrow out she was wild with admiration and excitement she begged to be taught how to use herself this wonderful new weapon, for she recognized as readily as could anyone its adaptation to the use of one of inferior strength. The delighted lover was certainly as serious as she, that she should some day become an expert. He handed her the bow, retaining, slung over his shoulder, fortunately, as it developed, the bone quiver full of old Mock's best arrows. He taught her first how to bend and string the bow. There were failures and successes and there was much laughter from the merry-hearted lightfoot finally it happened that ab was not just content with the quality of the particular arrow which he had selected for lightfoot's use he had taken a slender one with a clean flint head but something about the notch had not quite suited him with the thin hard stone scraper carried in a pouch of his furry garb he began rasping and filing at this notch to make it better fit the string of tendons while lightfoot with the bow still strung stood beside him at last tired of holding the thing in her hand she passed it over her head and one shoulder and stood there jauntily with both hands free while the man scraped away with the one little flake of flint in his possession as he worked paused from time to time to note how well he was rounding the notch in the end of the slight hard wood shaft it was just as he was holding up to her eyes the arrow now made almost an ideal one according to his fancy when there came to the ears of the two a sound distinct ominous and implying to them deadly peril a sound such as that though nerves spoke and muscles acted they were very near the momentary paralysis which sometimes come from sudden fearful shock from close behind them came the half grunt and half growl of the great cave bear with the instinct born of generations each leaped independently toward the nearest tree and with the unconscious strength and celerity which comes to even wild animals, with the dread of death at hand, each clambered to a treetop before a word was spoken. Scarcely had either left the ground before there was a rush into the open glade of a huge brown hairy form, and this was instantly followed by another. As Ab and Lightfoot climbed far amid the branches and looked down, they saw upreared at the base of each tree the figure of one of the monsters whose hungry exclamations they knew so well they had been careless these two lovers especially the man he had known well but for the moment had forgotten how beast infested was the immediate area about his new home and now had come the consequence of his thoughtlessness he and his wife had been driven to the tree tops within a few yards of their own hearthstone leaving their weapons inside the cave alarm and panting after settling down to a firm seat far aloft each looked about to see what had become of the other each was at once reassured as to the present and each became much perplexed as to the future the cave bear like his weaker and degenerate descendant the grizzly of to-day had the quality of persistence well developed and both ab and lightfoot knew that the siege of their enemies would be something more than for the moment the trees in which they perched were very close to the wood but not so close that the forest could be reached by passing from branch to branch their two trees were not far from each other but their branches did not intermingle there was a distinct opening between them the tree up which lightfoot had scrambled was a great fir towering high above the strong beech in which ab had found his safety branches of the fir hung down until between their ends and ab's less lofty covert there were but a few yards of space still one trying to reach the beech from the lofty fir would find an unpleasantly wide gap each of the creatures in the tree was unarmed ab still bore the quiver full of admirable arrows and across the breast of lightfoot still hung the strong bow which she had slung about her in such blithesome mood soon began an exceedingly earnest conversation ab eager to reach again the fair creature who now belonged to him was half frantic with rage and lightfoot was far from her usual mood of careless gaiety the two talked and considered though but to little purpose and finally, after weary hours, the night came on. It was a trying situation. Man and woman were in equal danger, the bears were hungry, and the cave-bear knew his quarry. The beasts beneath were not disposed to leave the prey they had imprisoned aloft. The night grew, but either Ab or Lightfoot, looking down, could see the glare of small hungry eyes. There was gentle talk between the two, for this was a great strait. And in straits, souls, be they prehistoric, historic or of today always come closer together very much more loving lovers even than they were before became the two perched aloft that night it was a comfort for the wedded pair to call to each other through the darkness after a time however muscles grew lax with the continued strain weariness clouded the spirits of the couple and almost overcame them and only the thing which has always in great stress given the greatest strength in this world The love of male and female sustained them. They stood the test pretty well. To sleep in a tree top was an easy thing for them, with the precautions simple and natural of the time. Each plaited a withe of twigs with which to be tied to the tree or limb, and resting in the hollow nest where some great limb joined the bowl, slept as sleep-tired children, until the awakening of nature awoke these who were nature's own. When Ab awoke, he had more on his mind than Lightfoot, for he was the one who must care for the two he blinked and wondered where he was then he remembered all suddenly he looked across anxiously at the slender brown thing lying asleep coiled so close to the bole of the tree to which she was bound that she seemed almost a part of it then he looked down and after what he saw thought very seriously the bears were there he looked up at the bright sky and all about him and inhaled all the fragrance of the forest and felt strong and that he knew what he should do. He called aloud. The girl awoke, frightened. She would have fallen had she not been bound to the tree. Gradually the full meaning of the situation dawned upon her, and she began to cry. She was hungry, her limbs were stiffened by her bands, and there was death below. But there, close to her, was the man. His voice gradually reassured her. He was becoming angry now, almost raging. Here he was, the lord of a cave, independent and master as much as any other man whom he knew, perched in one tree, while his bride of a day was in the top of another, yet kept apart from her by the brutes below. He had decided what to do, and now he talked to Lightfoot with all the frankness of the strong male who felt that he had another to care for, and who realized his responsibility and authority together as the strength and decided personality of the young man came to her through his voice the young woman drew her scanty fur robe about her and checked her tears she became comparatively calm and reasonable the tree in which lightfoot had found refuge had many long slender branches lowering toward the giant beech into which the man had made his retreat ab argued that it was possible barely possible for lightfoot's compact agile slender body to be launched in just the right way from one of the branches of the taller tree and swinging in its descent across the space between the two lodge among the branches of the beech with him strong arms ready to clasp her as she came and to withstand the shock and to hold her safely he promised and to enforce his plea he pointed out that unless they thus took their fate in hand There was starvation awaiting them as they were while carrying out his plan. If any accident befell, there was only swift, though dreadful, death to reckon with. There was one chance for their lives, and that chance must be taken. Ab called to his young wife, Crawl out upon a branch above me, swing down from it, Swing hard and throw yourself to me. I will catch you and hold you. I am strong. The woman, with all faith in the man, still demurred. It was a great test, even for the times and the occasion. But hunger was upon her, and she was cold, and was naturally very brave. She lowered herself and climbed down and reached an out-extending limb, and there, across the gap, she saw Ab with his strong legs twined about the upreaching branch along which he laid, with giant brown arms stretched out confidently, and with eyes steadily regarding her, eyes which had love and longing and a lot of fight in them. She walked out along the limb, holding herself safely by a firm handhold on the limb above, until the one her bare feet rested upon swayed and tipped uncertainly. Then came her trial of nerve and trust. Suddenly she stooped, caught the lower limb with her hands, and then swung beneath it, hanging by her hands alone, and hand over hand, passed herself along until she reached almost its end. Then she began swaying back and forth she was but a few yards above ab now dangling in mid-air while below her the two hungry bears had rushed together and were looking upward with red anticipating eyes the ooze coming from their mouths the moment was awful soon she must be a mangled thing devoured by frightful beasts or else a woman with a life renewed she looked at ab and with courage regained prepared for the great effort which must end all or gain a better lease of life she swung back and forth each drawing up an outreach and flexible motion of her arms giving more momentum to the sway and conserving force for the launch of herself she was about to make the desperation and strength of a woodwise creature so bravely combined alone enabled her to obey ab's horse command ab with his arms outstretching in their strength feeling the fierce eyes of the hungry bears below boring into his very heart leaned forward and upward as the swing of the woman reached its climax with a cry of warning the woman launched herself and shot downward and forward like a bolt to its mark a very desirable lump of femininity as appearing in mid-air but one somewhat forcible in its alighting ab was strong but when that girl landed fairly in his brawny arms as she did beautifully it was touch and go for a fraction of a second whether both should fall to the ground together or both be saved he caught her deftly but there was a great shock and swing and then with a vast effort there came recovery and the man drew himself shaking back to the support of the branch from which he had been almost wrenched away at the same time placing beside him the object he had just caught there was absolute silence for a moment or two between these unconventional lovers to whom had come escape from a hard situation they were drawing deep breaths and recovering an equilibrium There they sat together on the strong branch, each of them as secure and, for the moment, as perfectly at home as if lying on a couch in the cave. Each of them was panting and each of them rejoicing. It was unlikely that upon their trained, robust nerves the life-endangering episode of a moment could have a more than passing effect. They sat so together for some minutes with arms entwined, still drawing deep breaths, and a little later began to laugh chucklingly as breath came to be spared for such exhibition if human feeling gradually the indrawing and expelling of the glorious air shortened the two had regained their normal condition and ab's face lengthened and the lines upon it became more distinct he was all himself again but in no dallying mood he gave a triumphant whoop which echoed through the forest shook his clenched hands savagely at the brutes below and reached toward lightfoot for the bow which hung about her shoulders End of chapter 22